Allie Bonner, and welcome to QueenCast, the show where we interview badass queens about body image, business, and beyond. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's Allie Bonner. I told myself I wasn't going to start the intro that way, but it just, I can't not, you know? Anyways. Welcome to QueenCast. I am so excited you guys are here. I've been wanting to start a podcast for literally ever, and it took a damn global pandemic to get me here, but you know, here we are. So I figured the best way to start this podcast was really just to get deep and share only what I'd normally share in my diary, but here I am exposing it to (laughs) millions of listeners, just kidding, probably like my mom. And before I go any further, I want to give a little trigger warning. I know that these topics of disordered eating and body image can be really triggering for some people, especially if you're going through recovery. And I totally understand that on a personal level. So if this is not something you're ready to listen to at the moment, definitely feel free to save it, you know, bookmark it for another time. Um, But I just want to warn you before I go into things that I'm going to get pretty graphic and just real with you guys on what I went through. So without further ado, let's get into it, shall we? So my journey with food and my body really started in high school. I grew up in San Diego, super athletic kid, playing volleyball, never had any issues really with um, how I looked or how I felt in my body until I got to high school and I hit puberty as we do. And I just really noticed my body changing. I was playing a lot of volleyball, as I mentioned, I was in spandex a lot of the time. And a lot of my girlfriends, you know, had gone through these growth spurts overnight. I felt like I was surrounded by these Amazon women that were, you know, 16, 17 years old, and they were 5'11", six feet tall, and they all had these thigh gaps. And this was around the time of like Paris Hilton, Nicole Richie, And the thigh gap was really a thing. And I just remember looking at my body and I had, you know, I was athletic, but I wasn't like wafy and long and lanky. I was kind of athletic and muscular. And I just remember looking and being like, well, why don't I have a thigh gap? And so of course I did the only thing that a high schooler would do, which is to Google how to lose the most amount of weight in the least amount of time possible. And all of these thin spo Tumblr accounts came out. I don't know if you guys remember Tumblr at all, but it was the time of the thin spo Tumblr accounts and they were telling me to eat half an apple a day and all these crazy things. Looking back in hindsight, I would just, I would look at this advice and laugh. But at the time I was so malleable and so just easily influenced and really just desperate. Honestly, I was desperate for an answer and desperate for just some way to lose weight. So I started eating half an apple a day, which is so crazy. And I would go to school and think about, I mean, first of all, like how much brain power you're using at school, right? Like your brain takes up so much energy. It burns so many calories. And especially when, you know, we're in high school and we're growing and just active and doing so many things. And I remember feeling so faint at school, you know, like really faint when I would stand up out of my chair. And I was also at this time, you know, I wasn't a couch potato. I was playing volleyball. I was running track. I was a really active kid. And so this worked for about two weeks. And then I remember just coming home one day after school and full on binging. Like I I walked in, my dad growing up was a fifth grade school teacher. So he came home with us, you know, same hours. And he was out in the garage or something. And my brother was in his room and I was just home alone or um, in the kitchen alone. And I just remember eating and eating and I was so ravenous and I was just, I felt like I blacked out. Like I couldn't control myself. I was so scared because if you've ever experienced a binge, it's really this sort of out of body, out of control experience where 
you you don't really know what's happening especially the first time it happens it feels almost animalistic like you just you really can't control yourself and the more that I learn now, it's really just a biological response to restricting yourself and depriving yourself of food for so long. And it's it wasn't my fault. I, I just remember feeling so much shame and guilt and I felt so broken because I ate when I was hungry, like God forbid, right? And so this kind of turned into a cycle. It, it became this restricting restrict binge cycle where I would, you know, binge on something after school. And then the next couple days I would really beat myself up and I would make sure I would eat perfectly clean, you know, the next couple days. And then I would slowly, my willpower would diminish, diminish, and then I would binge again. And it was just, it was this horrific cycle. It was so tough on me mentally, you know, at the time I'm in high school. So not only am I worried about my weight and my body, but I have a thousand other things to worry about. I'm worried about, you know, am I cool? Am I fitting in? What college am I going to get into? Like take yourselves back to high school. It was a terrible time. (laughs) It was, it was my low, honestly. So moving ahead, I end up getting into UC Berkeley for undergrad. And honestly, it was for all the wrong reasons. I applied for the nutrition major because I thought the more I knew about nutrition, it would lead to this magical weight loss. And, you know, maybe it would unlock some key to losing weight that I just hadn't figured out yet. So really just a negative, (laughs) negative reason for going into a, a major. And it only fueled my obsession with eating clean. I got to college. I was, you know, I mean, you guys can all remember your first semester of college. Like, it's terrifying. You're in a new environment. You're surrounded by new people. I personally had never really had to make that many new friends before. I was really lucky. I didn't move around a lot as a kid. So I really kind of had the same group of friends all through, you know, high school and and growing up. So that was really terrifying. Like making new friends was scary. And I also was really terrified of gaining the freshman 15. I don't know if this was something that you guys were afraid of as well, but I really, I just heard about it and I I didn't want to be that girl that came home 15 pounds heavier and there was just this negative stigma attached to it. So I remember just barely eating all fall semester and I came home Thanksgiving, Christmas break and I was just showered with compliments and it was such a crazy mindfuck for me because no one knew that I was depressed, I was anxious, that I hated myself, that I literally was going to bed with my stomach growling so loud I had to wear earplugs. It was insane. And I got home and I'm showered with these compliments and girls from high school that I'd never even talked to were messaging me on Facebook and asking me for my secret. It was fucked up. So spring semester comes and I had a really hard time restricting myself. I feel like I started to find my group of friends and really just fit in at college. And I felt a lot more comfortable in other areas of my life. And so I didn't feel the need to restrict as much. That said, I was so terrified of regaining that weight that I had lost. I was at my lowest at that point. And a little funny story for you guys. So I was dating a guy at the time and he lived in an apartment off campus and he had this massive jug of trail mix. Like I'm talking could feed a family of 20. It was like a Costco bin of trail mix and he kept asking me because he had a roommate and I was like sneaking trail mix every time he was not in the room because I never allowed myself those you know trigger foods um in my dorm and so this was the only time I had seen like junk food (laughs) this whole semester and so every time he leaves the room I take a handful and I'm just at this point like nothing could fill me up. Like I was just so hungry (laughs) and he kept asking me, you know, are you eating my trail mix? Like it keeps getting smaller. And I was just adamantly denying it. 
like, what are you talking about? No. And he was so confused and (laughs) he kept saying, okay, I, I mean, I guess my roommate must be eating it, but that seems super weird. And I was just, you know, I was a very good liar. I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Do you want me to help you figure out who it is? Like, it was just this back and forth hilarious thing. And one day (laughs) I'm like head, like waist deep in this bin of trail mix. And he walks in and we just make eye contact. And it was just this knowing of like, I've been eating his trail mix. And he turned around and he was the best. Didn't say anything. I was so mortified. And that really, you guys, was the first time where I was like, do I have a problem? You know, because it's like, it was just, it wasn't right. (laughs) Like something was a little off there. So anyways, moving on. This continued all through college. I would go through phases of being really good at restricting and living in a sorority house, side note, really helped with this. When you're surrounded by other super insecure, super high achieving girls, it's very easy to fall into this disordered eating trap. That's all I'm going to say about that because I don't want to, you know, trash talk anyone who's been in a sorority, but I know that it's definitely very common. So these phases of restricting, I felt on top of the world. I felt in control. I felt like I had my life together. And then something would happen. I would go home for break or I would be stressed out and eat one thing off of my perfect plan. And It was like I was totally off the wagon. The wheels were off. I was eating everything in sight. And that just takes such a toll on you mentally. So another funny story for a little (laughs) comedic relief. So I was home for Thanksgiving break and (laughs) I had felt really good about how strict I was being the whole day. So it's Thanksgiving. We're sitting down for dinner. (laughs) My mom had cooked this incredible meal. And I just had this moment where I was like, fuck it. Like I'm going to eat everything. And it was, I mean, now I do that, but it's like from a place of love, you know, where I'm like, yeah. But at the time I was like, screw this. I hate myself. I'm going to eat everything. And I just went to town and then dinner was over. You know, everyone's sitting at the dining room table talking and mind you the whole time, I'm not focused on the conversation at all. I'm just thinking about how much am I eating? How much is the other person next to me eating? Are they noticing that I'm eating more than them? You know, it was just this stupid ongoing mind fuck that I was creating for myself. And I go into the kitchen and I'm thirsty for the pie. I'm like looking for a dessert like a hawk. And something had happened where I want to say it was like a Friendsgiving or something, but it was the week before. And so my mom had to make space in the fridge. So she threw away some pie from like the week before. It was still good. Just my parents don't eat that much and you know, whatever, that's irrelevant. So the pie's in the trash, bottom line. And I spot it because I couldn't dig into, I mean, think about it. Can't dig into the pie that hasn't been cut yet, right? Because then everyone's going to be like, why did you dig into the pie? We haven't cut it yet. So I see the pie in the trash and I'm like, oh my God, perfect. My disordered mind sees the pie. And instead of saying, that's crazy. Why would you eat that pie in the trash? It says, well, the pie's just sitting on top. It's just resting on top of the trash and it's not really touching anything. And so I just went for it, you guys. I ate out of the trash. And as I'm eating out of the trash, I'm I have this moment of clarity. Like sometimes I feel like if you've ever binged, you have these little slivers where your conscious, your subconscious is like, what are you doing? Why are you eating out of the trash? <laughs> Why are you behaving like an animal? But you're so deep in your disorder that you just don't even really see that. And yeah, so I, you know, ate out of the trash. I kept looking over my shoulder, hoping no one would walk in, just to kind of set the scene. It was very it was a very sad time in my life, I will say. 
And I just felt like I have everything else in my life under control. Why can't I handle this? I felt super alone. I felt like I couldn't tell anyone. I was super isolated. And worst part of all, I felt like I was, I wasn't sick enough because I weighed a healthy weight. And that I think is the biggest misconception that I, it's my passion to try and have other women understand is just, you can have an eating disorder and you don't have to be this frail, quote unquote, anorexic looking woman. You know, you can be a normal weight. You can be overweight. Your body size doesn't dictate if you have an eating disorder or not. I'm going to repeat that again. Your body size does not dictate whether or not you have an eating disorder. And that is the hardest part that took me so long to understand because I felt like I'm a normal weight. No one can tell that I have an eating disorder. And that messed with me, you know, that kept me from seeking help. That kept me from reaching out for so long. So moving on, this is getting close to the end. Don't worry. I moved, there's a happy ending. (laughs) I moved to San Francisco. I started working in tech. I had graduated college at this point. And I just reached my breaking point. I felt like, you know, the ups and downs that I had all through high school, all through college. At this point, it's been about eight years, you guys, that I just haven't had a normal relationship with food. And I finally reached this point where I wasn't even wanting to be skinny anymore. I was just wanting normalcy. I was wanting peace of mind and I was wanting a quietness inside when I sat down to a meal and I wasn't overthinking and picking apart every little piece of what I was eating. So I had enough one day. I was at dinner with friends and I was so excited to see them and I was so excited to catch up and we get down to dinner and I just, all I can think about is what am I eating? What are they eating? Like, should I have ordered something else? And we leave dinner and I realize I didn't even remember a single fucking thing that we talked about. And it was so devastating. I just realized my life is passing me by and I'm creating that. No one is causing that for me. I'm creating it for myself. It's like when you're mad when you have a hangover, but like you're not, you can't really be mad, you know, because you did it to yourself. Like that was the same exact thing. I was creating this for myself. And so I began a journey of body positivity and self-love. I started Avo Queen and I really just started sharing my story. I spilled my freaking guts, you guys, and it felt so, so good to finally tell someone. I'm not perfect. I still have days where I overeat or undereat, but honestly, recovery is such a journey with ups and downs. It's progress is not linear. The downs are what really teach you something, and that's something that took me forever to understand, and still I have to remind myself, but the downs are important too, so remember that. I hope this story was helpful. I'm going to do another podcast where I talk all about my recovery journey, what helped me heal my relationship with food, but I wanted to really just dive into the dark part and I want to, I want to just make you feel like you're not alone because for so long I felt so freaking alone and I couldn't tell anyone and that's a really dark, devastating place to be. So if you're there right now, there's hope. I have the best, I'll give you a little glimmer of hope. I have the best relationship with food I have ever had in my entire stinking life. And now I love it. And now I talk about food. I have a food Instagram, like I have a food company. It's so crazy how the world just comes full circle. So if you're going through it right now, I feel you girl, I am with you and I understand, but it does get better. 
So tune into next week. I'm going to be talking all about my recovery journey and what I did to heal my body. And I'm going to be giving you tactical, tangible takeaways because I know I'm not a woo-woo bitch. You're probably not a woo-woo bitch. Like you want some tangible, tactical takeaways. And I'm going to deliver that girl. If you found this episode valuable in any way, it would mean the absolute world to me if you shared it on your Instagram story, texted it to a friend, sent it to a coworker. I really just want to help as many women as possible. And the only way to do that is to spread the word. You guys are incredible. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.